Hey guys, on this episode of Black and Behind the Scenes, we discuss two new updates from Hulu as well as a new show from 50 Cent. And in the spotlight, we're going to talk about Tyler Perry and his massive studio in Atlanta. And in spoiler alert, we're talking Kenya Barris mixed-ish and then also BET Plus, The First Wives Club. Yeah, so stay tuned. Black and Behind the Scenes is up next. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. What's going on, Brittany? How's your week going so far? The week has been going very good, kind of slow. Like, I wish it was already the weekend. Mm, um, yeah, I can see that. Work has been busy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, all good. Good, good. How was your weekend? It was good. It was one of those weekends where I absolutely did nothing. Oh, I want one of those. Mm-hmm. Those are the weekends I yeah. live for. Like, you need time to relax and decompress. You like, do. you can't be on 10 Mm-mm. all day, every day. I can't. Because you'll burn out, you'll yeah. lose your creativity, you'll get tired, you'll mm-hmm. be cussing people out. And so, for me, even though it may seem unproductive time to others, right. I live for times where I can just be like, no, I'm not doing anything today but sitting in my bed right. and watching TV. Yeah. I and agree. that's what I did all weekend. I'm envious of you. <laughs> love that I'm, I'm gonna do that this weekend coming up so i'm i'm have your vibe yeah can't wait i'm really excited about that. Weekend for yourself. i am turning my phone off don't call me don't ask me do nothing that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. how was your weekend it was busy that's why i'm saying yeah, that's, this yeah, yeah okay. um yeah the opposite yeah um no nah, i went out with some friends to a concert um Saturday. oh what concert um talib Qualib up in baltimore oh yeah so he was at the sound stage it was dope it was okay. really cool is that like an intimate setting or was it a big studio? Nah, it was it's kind of like the Fillmore. Film. Okay. Yeah, and I'm um, Silver Spring, so it's Got similar it. to that. Like okay. not too big, but you know, not super small. But it was cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So Dead Prez and also uh, what was the other guys? Ooh, dude from the Locks. I forgot his name. It's slipping my mind right now. But that was cool. And then Sunday, I went out again. My sister bought me tickets to go to a comedy show in D.C. Sunday night. So. Oh, who'd you go see? What? Mm. Oh, his I don't some guy from Instagram. She she likes. Um she she found He's an Instagram comedian. He, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, so it was cool. Something different. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. That I'm was taking it. It wasn't funny to you. It was okay. Okay. It was okay. You know. Mm. She's being PC. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, what's going on in the industry? All right, guys, let's get um into the industry rundown. Okay, first of guys, we of course um, we have some sad news to report that um, Diane um, Carroll um, passed away Friday, October fourth, after battling with cancer. Um, Carroll was known for her television um, breaking roles for Julia and Dynasty. Um, I personally know her from Eve's Bayou, um, playing the uh, what do you call that? It's not a. She was like a voodoo. A voodoo priest. Priest, yeah. Maybe somebody. Yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite roles from her, as well as um the five heartbeats as the yes. wife. Mm-hmm. Um, in a different world. Yes, you know she was Dominique Devereux on <laughs> Dynasty. So classy. Like when I think about her, I think about class. I think mm-hmm. about beauty. Yeah. Sophistication. Mm-hmm. And she kind of played 
that embody that character mm-hmm. in everything that she did. Even Claudine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that movie with James Earl Jones? Yes, I have. Yeah, love yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, really good. so she's definitely a legend and will be missed. Absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Um, according to synopsis, the American Federation of Musicians and the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers are bargaining for a new deal, which will cover residuals for content made from streaming services. Musicians working on late night awards and other live television shows, as well as musicians who score for television and films, are fighting to be paid industry standard wages and residuals for new media production, the union said in a statement. Major entertainment companies, including CBS, Viacom, Disney slash ABC, MGM, NBC Universal, Sony, and Warner Music Media, pay actors and writers and directors for streaming work, but refuse to pay musicians industry standard wages for residuals from streaming. This represents a 75% pay cut for musicians. Rallies for the fair contract took place on Monday, October 7th, outside of NBC headquarters and AMPTP's Sherman Oaks headquarters. So I wanted to bring that to you guys um, because I remember back when I first started in the industry, there was another strike, a writer's strike, um, because with the... Direct TV with cable uh, television or the recorded um, shows that you could have on cable, the writers, directors, and actors were not being paid for the content being viewed again. So the companies would get paid oh, for, for the advertising DVR. Yeah, DVR or something. I th- believe it's it was a writers' strike against something with or on demand. Maybe on demand because you can embed um, advertising. And on demand, even without it being recorded. Okay, that's what it is then. And on demand um, content. Actors and writers and directors were not being paid for that. Um, and they had a writer's strike. Uh, which I'm confused. So when you say that, I'm also confused about this because mm-hmm. when you technically, and it's probably hard to catch this but on most major platforms because we're talking about new media and new Mm -hmm. media is essentially things that are distributed over the web so Mm -hmm. mobile apps Mm -hmm. social media profiles that type of stuff Mm -hmm. you have to have license for the music right so i'm wondering how is this how are they not getting paid if you technically supposed to have a license for the music. I don't know. That's a good question. I get, yeah, but I get which, but maybe if it's originally produced music for that particular um, show, because a lot of times they have their own in-house like producers for particular, um, you know, whether networks or et cetera. Mm-hmm. So maybe those people who should be getting a credit, just like writers, et cetera, when their stuff is being played over again, maybe they're not getting that credit there maybe Maybe that's what it is versus licensing because you're paying an upfront big cost for any money that you know right so every time their song is played on across the web they're looking to recruit some recoup some money from Mm -hmm. that right okay yeah interesting yeah so i just thought it was interesting to bring that up um 
Okay, next up, guys. This story I thought was a little funny. Um, Disney is refusing to accept advertising for Netflix shows on its entertainment networks. Well, duh. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Let me. All right. According to the Wall Street Journal, Disney informed their employees earlier this year that ads from all rival streaming services would be banned. But this decision was soon reevaluated in the decision. Um. To reflect the comprehensive business relationship we have, many of like we do with all our other companies, Netflix ads will appear on Disney-owned ESPN network. So basically, what happened, guys, is that Disney decided that they're no longer going to support ads from Netflix on their streaming service um, or when on they their launch streaming it. Service or their on their um, networks on their network yeah the network oh they raunchy with it right and so that's why i want to bring it up because if you guys i don't know if anybody's ever paid attention to this but other networks have spots on other network shows like a discovery show could pay for advertising on a disney network and vice versa Mm. they do this all the time so the fact that they're being as petty to say okay so now we don't want any of your netflix or any advertising from Netflix at all or any of our platforms except except for ESPN because probably there's a contract that says they can't do that. I think it's crazy. I don't think so. I mean, why would they want their competitor, especially if from what I understand about Disney Plus, is that all the content that they have on their networks will be on this platform. Right. So why would they want to have their competitor advertise on advertise on their network because they're going to pay for it that's more money in your pocket too and you already do it with other networks so they're only saying they're not letting netflix do this they're not saying they're not going to let other streaming service or other providers like have advertising space on their platform i think this is something where it this, this is a business deal or business relationship gone wrong and maybe down the line they'll change their mind and allow it well okay I just thought it was, yeah, it's just so, it, yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, next up, guys, Hulu um, introduced two new features aimed at making their platform easier to, to navigate for people with visual impairments. One update makes text easier to read, will be applied automatically, while the other update allows allows viewers to turn on the screen reader that vocally guides them through the platform. Um, accessibility design was the theme of Hulu Summer Hackathon. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, I think we've mentioned before on this show, guys, we, even though we don't talk about technology a lot, I like to bring up stuff like this because a lot of the technology-based companies have hackathons mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. within their companies. And during those um, hackathons, they have themes or they have kind of contests. And so, for this to be one of those themes for the year and then for them to implement Probably something that came about within that hackathon I thought was kind of pretty cool Mm -hmm. that the company did that. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that. So that was cool. Um, Next up, guys, Curtis Jackson, Mr. 50 Cent, will be producing script documentaries on legal dramas of celebrities, including Snoop Dogg, Christina Aguilera, imprisoned Brooklyn rapper Takashi 6ix9ine, and his own through his production company, G-Unit Films. The series will comprise six to eight hour long stories, two stories per season. Wait, what? Yeah. 
Christina Aguilera has a legal problem. I didn't know about that either. I had no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's a scripted documentary. Like a, re- a scripted docu-series. Yeah. Like a. um. Uh, so I mm. think what they're going to do is they're going to probably put some of the actual footage with like re, you know. Um, reenactments. Act- yeah, reenactments into the series. That's the only thing I can think of when I hear that. I don't know. I mean, but it's also so this yeah. this gives me <laughs> this the vibes that this series gives me is like when um, a National Geographic investigates the murder of Biggie Smalls and Tupac. Exactly. That's what this gives me. So I'm like, OK, so he's just doing what networks have done for years, like taking stories to get, you know, viewerships and, you know, and re talking about re, you know, hashing the same things that we've heard other places. So as far as I'm concerned, he's going to have to get some other celebrities to be um, the subject matter because I'm not interested in the Snoop Dogg case. No, we've heard that. From Murder was the case he gave me. That was a long time ago. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Christina Aguilera, I have no clue what even that is about. Mm, Takashi 69, definitely don't care. No. And it's all on the internet now anyway. So, I mean, what does it matter? I don't. So, yeah. Good luck. Um, Yeah, 50, 50 or sinners. Um, anyway, uh, as you guys all know, Tyler Perry um, over the weekend launched his Tyler Perry Studios um, in Atlanta, which is the first everly, uh, ever, sorry, everly, huh, first ever fully owned black studio lot. Um, according to NBC News, the studio is larger than the California Burbank's lots owned by Warner Brothers, Walt Disney Studios and Paramount combined. Um, yeah, so that was a huge deal that happened over the weekend. And um, congratulations, Tyler Perry. And we can't wait to see what comes of this. Yeah, I know when we discussed this offline, we talked about um, the difference between him being the first black studio owner outright and him being the first black studio owner, which is false. So let's just clarify that for the listeners. He is not the first black person to have a studio. No, that is not. He's not. No, he is the first person to have it outright, which means he owns and finances that studio with his own money and not through another company. Mm -hmm. So that is the clear difference. I I just want you guys to to know that when you're mm-hmm. speaking about the significance <laughs> of of his studio and right. why it is important. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't have another studio backing it or right. supporting it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else we want to say about that? Um, no. no. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Tyler Perry because he's actually going to be our spotlight for nice. the week. Nice. Innovative. Creative overall black excellence it's time for the spotlight so um we may not be huge fans of tyler perry's content but uh, we do have to give him props for what he has done with his studio because i think it embodies exactly what we've been saying on this podcast mm-hmm. and that is um creating your own work, doing it for yourselves, creating mm-hmm. your own distribution, creating your own outlets, providing Absolutely. your own space. And then also once you have that, opening it up to other creators mm-hmm. of color mm-hmm. because we don't have access 
to studios, to gear, mm -hmm. to the things that we need in order to compete on a higher level. And right. Tyler Perry has essentially done that yeah, for us. Mm -hmm. So I thought that deserves big recognition. Yeah, big Absolutely. recognition, big props, Absolutely. all that. You know, all around the board. It's a 330 acre studio mm -hmm. with 12 sound stages. Mm -hmm. um, and the, each stage is named after a legend like Oprah, Whoopi, Harry mm -hmm. Belafonte, mm -hmm. Diane Carroll, mm -hmm. Cicely Tyson, Will Smith, even Spike Lee, yeah. Denzel, John Singleton. So right. he gives a lot of people their props and their their roses mm -hmm, absolutely um and he's a few a huge fan and admirer of a lot of people mm -hmm. he also has his own hollywood star yes he fame does mm -hmm. that he has with his colorful cast of characters <laughs> that he uses over and over in his <laughs> productions and that's no shade because he keeps them employed he does and so it works for them right so they're on his own hollywood walk of fame nice um, fantastic he also this is also built on an old Confederate army base. Right. Mm -hmm. and he so, mentioned that during the BET Awards. Yeah. But I don't think did we realize at the time that he was building a studio. He had said he purchased it at the BET Awards. But I don't think uh, I don't think he went into detail about what exactly he was doing with it. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But I think the fact that it's built on this old Confederate um, base is like poetic justice. Oh, for sure. And, I you mean. Know, you can't get any better than that. I mean, <laughs> just dancing on the graves of all those oppressors. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> in addition to the 12 sound stages that like includes um, a White House for his new BET show, BET show, um, The Oval Office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's like another sound stage. He has suburban homes, a cafe, a courtroom, a mm -hmm. jail. A trailer park. Right. He has it all over there. Yeah. And then in addition to that, he has a compound that he will be using for trafficked women, girls, homeless women, LGBTQ youth nice. who are displaced. He's going to give them on-the-job business training. Oh, very Apartments. Cool. There's a daycare on this lot. Wow. So... Okay. I just wanted to highlight him and what he's done, his achievement. Mm -hmm. I think no matter what you may feel about his content specifically, he found his lane. He mm -hmm. found his niche. He carved it out. He made money and he's putting it back into his community. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. If you are not inspired as a content creator mm -hmm. um, by his own works, then you should reevaluate why you are making content in yeah. the first place. Mm -hmm. um, but this should definitely keep you inspired and motivated to keep pursuing your dreams. Absolutely. And Tyler Perry can be the first and then we can have a second. Absolutely. And a third. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's Agreed. the spotlight for the week. Awesome. And so I know we talked offline about this a little bit, Brittany, but I did want to mention like one thing that I would love to, to come about this with Tyler Perry is that we're, this wasn't surprising to me only because I knew his history of when he did, the Diary of a Mad Black Woman, um, he used his actual mansion um, within right. the movie. And so it's like he's always been able to take his own resources that he had and use them to his um, to their fullest potential mm -hmm. um, to mm -hmm. be able to do that. Kind of like when we talked about with Cadell, how he said he was able to make a film and shoot that within his parameters of what he had and what he was able right. to use. That's what our history is. That's what we have been known to do for years. So for Tyler Perry to be able to take that and to amplify that and to 
um, a larger stage for people to see how this can be done. I would love for also to, for the, to come out with this is for him maybe to do business classes within the creative community of how you're able to reinvest as a creative into your work mm. um, from a film distribution and um, getting backers and sponsors or being how to be your own right. to, to reinvest into your own work. So yeah, he's definitely I would love one to see who's that. financed his own. He's his perfected own, you know. that. He yeah. has some type of system that he's perfected that has, he's been able to, um, you know, do big things with clearly with yeah. his studio lot and with what he's had success in the past. So yeah. I am looking forward to this. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how other creatives use the studio as well. Yes. Um, Cause that's kind of cool that, you know, you have people like Oprah and Beyonce there and yes. um, other Hillary Clinton was. There. Yeah. I mean, other people who could probably, if they have projects that they're working on, they're not able to rent or use other studios or spaces that they're looking to, you know, whatever, create or have scenes hit up Tyler, be like, hey, how much is it to rent this space out, et cetera? I mean, I think that's pretty dope. Yeah, and not only is that dope, but it just continues to drive the film industry yes. to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. yeah. A lot of um, programming is um, done out there because of the tax break. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, All again, right. congratulations, Tyler. Yeah. All right. So now, you guys, it's time for a spoiler alert. So we got two things on the docket. Mm-hmm. First, we're talking about mixed-ish. Um, this is the third spinoff from the blackish. I'm always get like tongue tied saying mixed dish, blackish, brownish. Goodness. This is the third spinoff from Blackish. Yes, it is. Um, on ABC. Mm-hmm. And just as Blackish is loosely based on the life of Kenya Barris, mixed ish is loosely based on the early life of his wife, who is also a creator on this show, a co creator, Dr. Raina Barris. Okay, so the show chronicles the early years of Rainbow Johnson as she recounts her experiences growing up in a mixed race family in the 80s. And so you guys know my rule as far as viewing new content Mm -hmm. television program, I should say. I have to watch the first three episodes for me to gauge whether I like it, if it's good. What are the good parts? What are the bad parts? Right. And so for at least the first three episodes, the theme of this show seems to be um, the cognitive dissonance one feels when they are mixed race and rather they assimilate to one culture or not. Right. So that seems to be the running theme mm-hmm. of mixed dish. Right. Tracy Ellis Ross is also a co-creator, executive producer. Mm-hmm. She voice narrates the show. Um, we have Erica Himmel plays a young rainbow. Tika Sumter plays Alicia Johnson. And Mark Paul Gosler plays her father, Paul Johnson. Um, Mariah Carey wrote the fun opening song for it. She did. In the mix for all the little mixed babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
so go ahead. Finish, finish. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm curious. So I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, y'all mixed this. When before we go there, okay. <laughs> before we get, so wait, I saw L O Cool J in the um in the um promo in the kind of uh, what do they call it? The intro credits. The, in- the intro. The intro. In the credits. No, the intro. In the opening. Opening. What do you call that? The opening trailer no, no you're talking opening. about like when the song is playing yeah when the, the song is playing okay. in like the you know the background all that LL Cool J was in there is he mixed because no what's that's going just, on you're talking about the theme song yeah, yeah when the theme song's coming on no because like, what they show in there is like things from the 80s got it oh okay because okay. I was confused <laughs> I saw Diana Ross I'm like wait 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 a minute no. and I saw Brian, like wait 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 and I saw El DeBarge I'm like okay 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 I get that but I don't I don't the I, opening credit scene yeah, that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, they just show significant moments of the '80s. Okay, people of the '80s. Got it. I was confused, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure that that was supposed to, or may be shown when they um, show the guy who plays Johan, his character, mm-hmm. because he's into like rap and um, basketball during that time. Okay. okay, we'll get to that in a second. So, okay. All right. Um, Mixed-ish. You know, sure. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's my take on mixed-ish. Um, I don't really know what to say other than that. I mean, <laughs> my biggest gripe with this show is the mother. Now, in the series Blackish. Rainbow's mom is played by Anna Devere Smith, who is a very fair-skinned black woman. And to have her portrayed portrayed as a dark-skinned black woman in the prequel, it just makes, yeah, it it just makes no sense. None. And even if they couldn't find an actor that was, quote-unquote, good enough to play her, the portrayals of the two characters yeah, are vast they're different, different. Right? all the characters honestly because even johan even johan is different it's different and johan and blackish is very spiritual yeah, and very, very open and yeah. then but i also understand that these are young children trying to find themselves so again the theme is assimilation okay so they could have you know they're being taken from this hippie compound moved into this world in which they didn't realize that they were mixed kids at all. And so they're trying to find themselves. And maybe this is who they grew up to be. Okay. Because right? even the sister was a love and hip hop kind of. Santa Monica. Yeah. Now, and I hate that that little girl is just so daggone sassy. She is. But you know what? Honestly, she may be the only draw to this she, show. You know what? <laughs> she, re- she re- Honestly, she reminds me of my niece. My niece. That That is her. She my might little be the nail. Only little she's like, I just, yeah. That's. I was like, oh, look at my knees. Oh, she's she's very cute, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not a fan. Let me say this: I will not be adding mixed dish to my um, programming rotation. Yeah, me neither. I can't. Um, I. It's just not interesting, guys. I just. I tried. I did two episodes, and I couldn't. I could barely get through the second one. I just. I agree. I just couldn't. It was too dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, thanks for that, Kenya. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) For our next spoiler alert, I want to talk about BET Plus, The First Wives Club. Mm -hmm. So, The First Wives Club is an adaptation, a loosely based adaptation Mm -hmm. of The First Wives Club film um, that premiered in 1996 with Bette Midler, Goldie mm-hmm. Hawn, Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Yeah. Loved it. My favorite. One of my One favorites. of the favorites. One right? of the faves. Right. So this show is supposed to follow that same premise of women seeking revenge after their husbands leave them for mm-hmm. younger ingenues. Um, and just like the film, this show is about sisterhood mm-hmm. and finding your own voice and mm-hmm. your own narrative. Right. And, and empowering yourselves mm-hmm. right right so bet plus the first wife's club features three long married college friends mm-hmm. who reunite after right. some years of passive estrangement to support each other through divorce adultery mm-hmm. and um, marital discontent mm-hmm. so fun fact for you guys the first wife's club was actually supposed to be a program on tv land with white characters and then it was canceled, right? Or it was, it was, it wasn't canceled as far as it just wasn't picked up through TV land. And mm-hmm. then it went through Paramount mm. and then from Paramount, it went to BET and they picked it out his way on Tracy Oliver's desk. All right. And Tracy Oliver is the TV writer and mm-hmm. showrunner for, um, the first wives club. Mm-hmm. You know her from, um, girls trip. Mm hmm. Also director of a couple of movies. The Sun is also a star uh, with Yari Shahidi. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars Jill Scott, Ryan yes. Michelle Bath, mm-hmm. and Michelle Buteau. Mm-hmm. And um, all 10 episodes are currently available all available on the app. They mm-hmm. dropped simultaneously. They did. Just like other um, networks or other streaming services. Streaming services. Mm-hmm. Put out their content. Right. All 10 episodes are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, reviews. Um, How'd you feel? So I have mixed feelings about this show. Okay. I okay. don't hate it, mm-hmm. but I also do not love it. Okay. And for me, it's mostly because it doesn't mirror the movie like I was expecting it to. Mm. Only with those small callbacks to the film right like, um the, in, in the film they had the you know ivanka trump she was like don't get mad get everything so then in the show they had shawnee o'neill right say that deliver that line um, um then they have to call back to them wearing all white at the mm-hmm, end of at the, the end you know the call back to the um the out of the window scene yes, where they were on, on, the, that, on the window the window the, um i forgot what window washers yeah thing yes mm-hmm. they had that one so a few callbacks but you know other than that it just did not feel like the first wives club to me mm-hmm. and i almost wish that it was called something else and or inspired by something else and maybe i wouldn't feel this way about it because to me there are holes in the show and missed opportunities that can make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little disjointed to me. So I'm glad you said that because me personally, I love the show. I thought the show was great. I thought it was cute. I One thing I didn't like about the show is that I agree with what you said, Brittany. You said that 
it shouldn't have been called the First Wives Club. It shouldn't have. They should have created a whole new different mm. show for this. And then this is the reason why I get so upset about remakes because there was no need to even just call this the First Wives Club because this could have been a separate series with these char- same, characters same characters and just fleshed out their stories even more. Like, right? yeah, let's just focus on these three black women who are really great and, you know, husbands suck at the moment. Right. <laughs> and just talk about the same thing, you know, just carry that story through. I don't know. Um I, I love I thought it was great though. I really liked the series. I liked it a lot. I thought I mean, like I said, it's okay. Do I think it's at this point strong enough to carry the app? No. No. No, 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 no. Um, no. And to garner new audiences and to keep the same audience. I don't know. I don't know about that. But I will say that I'm huge fans of um, Jill Scott mm-hmm. and um, of Ryan Michelle Bath. Mm-hmm. Even Malik Yoba, I thought he did really well. I think he did well, um, too. And also Ron... Ron Areco, mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name, who plays Gary. Yeah. I'm fans of what they do in this show. Mm-hmm. I just don't... Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched the whole series, and I, re- I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Um, I think they could do a season two. Will they? I don't know. But I think they could. And I just hope that they would get more, get away from the First Wives thing and just, like, move into. But I don't know how they're going to do that, if that's even possible. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it should just be called something else. It could be, I mean, yeah, it could be a, com- it should have been a completely different show. Yeah. I, I liked it though. I did. Because this is the thing when you call something the first wives club and you say this is an adaptation of the movie, yeah. people are expecting similar themes, similar mm-hmm. situations. Right. And other than Jill Scott's character and Malik Yoga, Yoba, mm-hmm. that's it. You know what's funny also is that I wonder why um, Jill Scott's voice was not used in the series because when that woman was singing, that's not Jill Scott. You don't think so? That wasn't Jill Scott. Nah, it didn't sound like her. Mm. It sounded like something completely different. I'm like, I wonder if they even have the rights for Jill Scott to even sing on the show because that's probably something completely separate. Because Jill Scott, the brand, and her her voice is like one thing, and they may have not had the rights to um, do that within the show. Mm. Well, child, I don't know. I ain't paying attention to all that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all of that. I I just found that interesting. Maybe somebody can um, let us know. If I if I hit hit the nail on the head with that one, but it didn't sound like Jill at all. It, it didn't. But um, yeah. Well, one interesting thing is, or great thing is, every episode is written and directed by a woman. Mhm. Mhm. So. Fantastic. Yeah, but guys, I I still think you should check it out. Definitely check out the the series. Um, we didn't give any too too many spoilers away. I mean, it's pretty no. much like the same basic stuff. You saw the first wives club in the beginning. Like, definitely check it out and tell us what you think. Yeah, it was pretty. I think it was pretty cool. I liked it. I think for the app to have um, just be on this first quarter, first little month, they have two strong shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they now, do. They need to continue to pump some stuff on out. So question for you, Brittany, what, what's another kind of show that you would like to see on the app? Like, so if you could choose what the next series would be that would be huge for the app, what theme would it be? I don't know because the thing that's interesting to me is on top of um these shows on BET Plus, 
They also have new programming coming out on BET. Lena Waits 20s is coming out on BET soon. Mm-hmm, it um, is, yeah. Tyler Perry has a couple of shows, The Oval Office, and then also another one called Sisters, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that could be on the app. Especially, I would like to have um, Lena Waits show to be on the app. I think that would be good on the app. That will have um, introduced um, queer Exactly, characters. and I think you could really dive and I think you, deep into that. She could probably that. push the envelope exactly. a little bit more if she was on the on, on, on the, the app. app versus the network. So I'll be interested to see how mm-hmm. that plays out. I agree. But, I um, agree. You know, just more original content. Yeah, more stories, more original, more original people, right. original, not reboots, originals. originals. Yeah, <laughs> can't stress it. I think that's gonna be a title of our episode. <laughs> Not reboot originals. I don't want to see no reboot of Martin. No, I don't want to see no reboot of Living Single Mm-mm. or Girlfriends yeah, or nothing. No. Give me some original mm-hmm. content. Yes, that's and, all we ask for, and that's, that's all, all we want. want. That's all we want, and um. You know, maybe one or two less Tyler Perry programs, even though we gave him his props. <laughs> We almost made it. We almost, we almost made it. We gave him his props, though. But he got all his movies on the app and two shows. Nah. Okay. On that note, guys, um, that is it for Black and Behind the Scenes. That's it. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us um, on whatever streaming service that you listen to us on, as well as follow us on Facebook, um, Instagram. Yeah, let us know what y'all think about Mixish, mm-hmm. what you think about... Um, what else did we talk about? Uh, first Wives Club. The First Wives Club. Yes. Let us know what you think about Mixed Dish and the First Wives Club. Let us know your thoughts on um, Tyler Perry's studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all that we discussed here, be sure to hit us up on our social media platform. Yes. And until next time, I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. Bye.